0: Google Podcast, iHeartRadio and Spotify. Okay, that so far means let's get ready. Let's get ready to start. We always start with praise reports and prayer request, the community part of the porch. If you don't want to be a part of that, go to the second shofar, and that'll take you right into the Bible study. I praise the Lord for my home, for my wife, my son, daughter in laws, grandson, furry kids, everything we have. I have to praise Him. I won't let the rocks out praise me. Praise Him for His provision and his protection, for his Psalm 91 covering, for the dreams and the visions. Somebody reached out to me today uh, talking about other people and mentioning the increase in dreams and visions. Praise him for his healing virtues, for the divine health that he offers us, for his abiding favor, for the continued rev- revelation of the Holy Spirit and for being a new creation, living in these prophetic, even sometimes frightening times. Well, because of that, we should know how to pray. We always start out with Psalm 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. So I pray for Jerusalem. Pray for my Jewish brothers and sisters. I pray for their leadership just as I pray for ours. I pray that the Lord would guide them and hold them accountable when they do things he is not pleased with. I pray for America that God's mercy and grace would be shed upon us, that we as a nation and as a church would repent and cry out for his mercy. I pray for all the people being victimized by their so-called leaders all around the world. Pray for the fatherless and the widows, the persecuted and the martyred, the poor in spirit, the bound, the oppressed, the innocents, and those that are victims of injustice. There will be no justice till the King of kings and Lord of lords returns. I pray against the slaughter of the innocents, both in and out of the womb, both human and animal. Praying for the missing and exploited Children, the victims of human sex trafficking, praying that they would be rescued and the people that have done it to them would be held accountable, and that there would even be a modicum of justice here and now. Praying for our brothers and sisters around the world, being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith. I have that Open Doors USA app. I have the thing on my wrist, which reminds me to pray for them, and it's nonstop. The reports of our brothers and sisters that are suffering because they want to worship Yeshua. Praying against the growing religious persecution, the anti-Semitism, all the indications, plans and efforts that the spirit of the Antichrist is getting bolder and bolder as it awaits its time of arrival. We need to pray. Pray for divine wholeness, health and healing. Many of us are injured or sick or dealing with things right now. Even if you don't know what someone is suffering, you can offer up their names in prayer and ask Lord to meet them at their needs. If you are in need of healing right now, I pray for you in the name of Yeshua. Heart, mind, body, soul, or spirit, whatever it is you need that he would deliver and that you would receive the blessing that you need. Pray for divine protection. I mentioned it before, the Psalm 91 covering. You have to activate it. You have to believe it. you got to speak it out. you got to walk in it for the inspiration that comes from living in it and for the remnant alarm clock to go off loud, long, and clear to awaken all those who are called to be a part of the remnant, which is what you are. Pray for the open doors for all the projects and plans and all the things that we've been beseeching him for. I like that word, beseech. We've been beseeching him, crying out to him, praying for kingdom finances, for kingdom business, to destroy the work of the enemy, to live out Luke 4:18, to set the captives free, praying for our lost family members, that they would come in, even at the end, even at the last minute, their names would be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I want to thank you for your prayers. The Wisdom Tooth Surgery went well. I'm still in the healing process, so thank you. Asking for prayer for Pastor Shelley. He's going through a very rough time physically right now, and I've been spending a lot of my time interceding for him. So I'm asking you to pray for him. My wife Deb here in Orlando um offers a prayer for Sister-in-law Darla, I remember Darla. Sorry, I mentioned uh, that they found a tumor. We're going to do a biopsy. Well, they found out it's cancerous, and it has to be removed. So please pray for complete and total healing, and for you, the surgeons. We don't, as I don't know when the surgery is to be guided, and for healing and health to come back into her life. Remember, I asked you to pray for Larry last week. His trip went very well, and the Lord used him in a very powerful way. So if you prayed for him, thank you. Father, we just come to you now on behalf of all the porch community, those that have mentioned their needs and those that have kept them to themselves, to those that are offering them up right now. We all touch and we agree that you are the only person that can deliver ...on these prayers. You are the only one that we can come to and turn to. We can't turn to man. We can't turn to a fallen world. You're it. You are everything to us. You are all that we need. So we come to you right now. First of all, we thank you, Father... ...for sending Yeshua as the Passover lamb... ...to pay the price for our sins... So that we can be back in right relationship with you. We thank you for that love, a love that we can't possibly understand with our finite human minds. Lord, as people all over the world memorialize what you did on the cross this week and the resurrection from the grave and everything that we whole dear, we thank you for enduring it, for allowing it, for rising from the dead and being a risen Savior. We thank you for sitting down at the right hand of the Father and sending back the raw Akkodesh, Holy Spirit, to walk with us and to guide us and to help us to live the kingdom life. So we praise you for all of that. We pray blessings and protection upon the technology, upon this time. And that everyone listening would hear what they need to hear, that they would receive what they need to receive, that you would be glorified and your kingdom would advance. So thank you for all that. If you believe and agree with me, just simply say in Yeshua's name, Amen. Lessons are proprietary information except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information the matter presented is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. And if the spirit of him who raised Yeshua from the dead lives in you, he who raised Messiah Yeshua from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit. Is Ruach, who lives in you. So then, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, not to our flesh, our human nature, our worldliness, or our sinful capacity, but to live according to the impulses of the flesh, our nature without Holy Spirit. We have an obligation not to do that. We have an obligation because of the Spirit inside of us. To live a holy life. We're in a spiritual battle in a fallen world. There are two opposing forces who cannot coexist. Even though people try, even though people try to straddle the middle ground, you can't coexist. If your foot's in the world, then you have pledged allegiance to the world. But you have an obligation not to your flesh, but to the Holy Spirit. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. How many times do you have to hear that before you get it? We're not contending with physical opponents, although they may sometime reside in People, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places, so what's the solution? Well, we've been talking about the solution is to live the kingdom life, and you do that by walking in the spirit it says in galatians five sixteen Paul tells the church, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit. Seek him, be responsive to his guidance. And then you will certainly not carry out the desires of your sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard for God or his precepts. Your fleshly sinful nature, which is still in your human body, which has been subjected by the presence of the Holy Spirit will respond impulsively, if not kept under control. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how spiritual you think you are. Satan got a third of the angels to give up on eternity with their creator. Don't you think he can't get you to? But he can only do that if you step out from under the covering. He can only do that if you are not seeking the kingdom of God with childlike faith. Remember, Yeshua said in Matthew 6, First and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness. They go together. His way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God. Righteousness meets upright character with God. And all these things will be given to you also. All the things you need, all the things you seek, come from you walking in that right relationship. In Luke 18, he says, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God with faith and humility like a child will not enter it at all. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom like a little child will never enter it. Part of the failure, part of the the fallback, part of the drawback of the church has been a lack of humility and understanding what we're talking about right now. It's with the faith Trust and actions of a child that we exist in the kingdom of God. I know I've said this before, but it's a common thing on my mind lately. The only thing I know right now is that I don't know. That's the only thing I understand. After 33 years, after walking with the Lord, after experiencing a lot of tremendous, supernatural, wonderful things, I understand Paul at the end of his ministry. And he said, I know one thing and one thing only. Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, the Messiah, and him crucified. That was the only thing he was sure of. But to live in this world, especially right now, our thought and prayer life must be immersed in the kingdom. If you allow anything else into that mind, you're in trouble. And I'm not being overly dramatic or overstating this. To walk in the Spirit, in the kingdom of God, takes the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in us. And not some theological, intellectual, the Holy Spirit is in me. No. Spirit filled, filled with fire, the gifts, the fruit. It can't be done any other way. Can't be done intellectually, it's not a natural walk. It's a supernatural walk. And you are immersed in it, it becomes second nature. Larry and I were talking about this the other day, about this concept. When SRT goes on to goes to a mission, when we go somewhere, we arrive and we get prepared, once we lock in, there are no distractions. Everything is about the mission. Everything is about hearing the spirit. Everything is about hearing the captain of the host. Completely, totally locked and loaded spiritually. And it's without any effort. Once that switch gets flipped, because we're focused on why we're there. We're not there to socialize, though we do. We're not there to hang out, though we spend time with one another. It's for one thing and one thing only. Now, how do you do that in this world? Well, you can only do it with the Holy Spirit. That's why the Lord said in Luke twenty-four forty-nine, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. Wait for supplies. I'm about to send you supplies. But no matter what, because we're human and we sometimes too smart for our own good when they're sitting on the Mount of Olives with the Lord in Acts 1, he commands them again to not depart from Jerusalem but wait for the promise of Of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so what do they do? They say, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? (laughs) Okay. He said, it's not for you to know times or seasons, which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Here we are all these years later, almost two thousand years later, and for some reason, we're still focused on times and seasons when we should be focused on what he's doing right now in us and with us. I'm not saying we should know the signs of the times because he tells us that, but we should be focused on one thing alone. So what do they do? They go to the upper room. The day of Pentecost fully arrives. They're with one accord in one place, and suddenly a sound from heaven is a of a rushing mighty wind fills the whole house in which they're sitting, and there appears to them divided tongues as of fire which sat upon each of them. And at that moment, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were filled. They were diffused throughout their souls with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Remember, he said, You shall be endued with power from on high. It shall soak itself into you. It shall dye itself permanently into you internally. It's not going anywhere. The permanent universal among all believers indwelling of the Holy Spirit is at the heart of the Spirit's irreplaceable work in the church age. As long as the church age is in effect... The Spirit is working in us and through us. Now, some people in the Old Testament, they had a momentary touch of the Spirit. Some had a slight um, taste of the Spirit inside of them, but none of them were fully filled with the Spirit. None of them had the guarantee of the universal experience that you and I have. So if you understand that, if you believe and agree with me, why aren't you living the kingdom life? See, this this is where I've been all day as I worked on this. And this actually wasn't the message I thought I was going to give. but The Lord took me to this, and I get it. You cannot intellectually walk in the kingdom of God. You can't live the kingdom life in your mind. It's a spiritual thing. You must be filled with the spirit. You must have completely give yourself over to the spirit. That's why the Lord made it the focus in his departing words to the true the disciples in John fourteen. It tells them about the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Let me say that again. The Spirit of Truth, the Ruach HaKodesh, which proceeds from the Father. The world can't receive it, can't understand it, can't recognize it, but we do. We know it. We recognize it. Because he lives with us constantly and is in us. Where is the Spirit? It's in you. Stop looking externally for the manifestation and the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's in you. Remember back in the 90s when computers first came on the scene. The big thing was Intel inside. That was the big selling point. And and all that was was the computer chip that was the power of the motherboard. But it was a big deal, Intel inside. Well, we've got a big deal. We've got a power chip inside of us. We need to walk in it. We need to live it. We need to always be manifesting the Spirit. Believe me, I know it's a struggle. The cares of this world, the distractions, the pressures, all those things are constantly fighting to take away your attention. But we have got to get to the place where we fight even harder to keep our focus on it. John fourteen twelve, the Lord says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. That, to me, that scripture, I know I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. That was one of the turning points for me in 2007 when I began this new journey in my walk. Which is pretty amazing considering I got saved in nineteen eighty eight, but really kicked into overdrive in two thousand seven. Because I looked at that scripture and I asked the Lord, Where where are the greater works? Uh, I'm not seeing them. Oh I I see occasionally somebody gets healed and Somebody gets a word or tongues, an interpretation. I see it occasionally, but I don't see greater works. And I wanted those greater works. I still want those greater works. You know, this weekend, the church is celebrating Resurrection Sunday, The Jews are celebrating Passover, and we should be celebrating both because you can't have one without the other. But it's a reminder, not just of his death and resurrection. This weekend is a reminder that Satan was defeated at the cross. The kingdom of darkness was defeated at the cross. And nothing has changed. Now, in all these years, nothing has changed. He's still defeated. Calvary's still in effect. So why aren't we living that way? And I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to myself. And maybe that's all I'm talking to. But as we get closer to the end, and I see how great the need is, this is my heart's cry. We have got to live the kingdom life. We have got to live victoriously. Satan, Hasatan, the fallen one, has been defeated. Does he still have power? Yes. Is he still out and about? Yes. He's he's not in hell. Anybody who teaches that you need to turn away from. But he's defeated and you've been given all authority in heaven and earth. The cross wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, that was contrary to us, that required the blood sacrifice. And he, being Yeshua, has taken it out of the way. He nailed it to the cross. He disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them. He triumphed over them because of the cross you know i was thinking about this and this is not really the message some of you are struggling with so many things and part of that is you don't know enough word to get arrested You don't know enough of the Word because you're not reading the Word. You're reading about the Word. You're reading somebody else's devotion about the Word. You need to open up your Bible and read it. Don't nibble. Feast. Get it inside of you. Let the revelation of the Spirit come so that you know where to look when you need help. I just quoted from Colossians 2 about the cross and Yeshua disarming the principalities. He made a public spectacle of them, like a conquering general, a conquering king. He made clear throughout the universe that he was king of kings and lord of lords. He made it clear that he completed the redemption and restoration process to the Father. But he also made it clear that we had to make a choice. That we must choose to live the redeemed life. We must choose to live the kingdom life. Free will was both a blessing and a curse. You've got the free will to choose life and accept Yeshua. Or you have the free will not to do so and therefore you're condemned but when he restored, when the Father restored his earthly glory in the Son, he did it for us. Yeshua says in John seventeen five, And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was, which refers back to John 1, refers back to Genesis. But through a man... Jesus of Nazareth. He restored the glory that he had with man in Adam. And he offered it to us spiritually, and pretty soon we'll have it physically. He shifted the power of the universe back to where it was supposed to be. Yeshua became the supreme ruler in the universe. That's what Ephesians 1 tells me, which he worked in Messiah when he raised him from the dead and seated him as his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. So why aren't we living that life? I struggle with that question every day. I don't have the answer. I really don't. I know there is an answer, but I don't have it. When I try to help people, I try to get the answer, but I don't have it. And even if I did, I'm not sure they'd listen anyway. You know that old expression, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. I want to drink. I want to drink it all in. I want to be totally filled, totally nourished, totally drenched in all that he has for me. Because in him, Yeshua, my Lord and Savior, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you and I are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. If you're living defeated, if you're living beat up, if you're living on the wrong side of things at the enemy's hand, You need to figure out why, because that's not the life ordained for you. In him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, physically, in Messiah alone. Not in philosophies, not in human traditions or teachings, not in worldly, secular, humanistic principles, but in him. No other name. No other name. There is no other name in heaven and earth by which we can be saved. No other name that causes the enemy to bend their knee. There's no other name that subjects disease and and evil and, and demonic behavior. And as I sit here about five minutes ago, the Spirit just kind of hit me. I am at a loss to understand why we're not living like this. That cross, that bloody cross, which this weekend people will have productions and they'll have images and they'll have replicas, is so much more important than we give it credit for. It was the bridge back to the Father. And the separation of sin was done away with. We're no longer separated from Him. We're no longer separated from the throne room. The cross did that for us. Bodily, tangibly, physically. Not, we're not in the shadow of the law anymore. We don't have the fear of the law hanging over our head. But we live in the light of the Spirit. The fullness of the Holy Spirit. The power that he spoke the universe into existence with. It rests upon him. And it worked through his body to raise him from the dead, and is now inside of each and every one of us as he was, we are. And I truly wish I could live that 24 7. I truly wish that I didn't have the distractions, I didn't have all the other things. to do those things, to go out, set the captives free, bring sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, raise the dead. You know, in in New York, in Brooklyn, some demon-possessed man attacked people on the subway, shot them up. He was going to do other things. And then he just walked away did no one there have the power of the Holy Spirit to speak the name of Jesus and stop him? And I've seen it. I've seen a video of a, of a spirit-filled black woman on a train in Philadelphia as this man was starting to rape and assault another woman. She, tiny little woman, stood between the man and the woman he was attacking and began to speak to him in the name of Jesus and stopped him dead in his tracks. He Froze. And when the doors open, he just stumbled off the train. The power that came out of her, the boldness that came out of her should be present in this world every day. Where is it? Acts 10.38 tells me that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua, with the Holy Spirit and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. God's with you. Why are you living a defeated life? Why are you looking for answers here and there and everywhere? It's in you. God was with him and he's with us. The spirit is in you. He's not outside of you. Stop singing songs that says, Holy Spirit, fall on me. Why? He's in you. Stop thinking. Old Testament, external manifestations. He's in you. Praise you, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us to understand who you are. You know, Philippians 2, verses 9 to 11, it was a a scripture I had memorized when I first got saved. And any time I had a demonic encounter, whether personally or through deliverance, I called this a scripture bullet. It was always in my gun, ready to be shot. And I think I was reminding myself as much as I was reminding the enemy. That for God has highly exalted him and given him the name, which is above every name. That at the name of Yeshua, every knee should bow. Of those in heaven, and those on earth, and those under the earth. That every tongue should confess that Jesus, the Messiah, is Lord. He is out on eye to the glory of God the Father. I can't tell you how many times in deliverances I took that scripture and beat the demons over the head with it. Reminding them of who he was and who they weren't. We should walk in that confidence. All authority has been given to us not some, not partial, all authority. He said that in Matthew 28. It's kind of a parting dispensation. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and, lo, I am with you always even to the end of time. So they went out, and he was there with them, and he confirmed the word with signs and wonders. You shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. See, this is the key to victory. This is the key to the church age. This is the key to the kingdom life of understanding the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit, that inherent self-replicating dynamic power that's in each and every one of us. And the only way you live a defeated life, the only way the enemy gets over on you is to get you to stop believing it, to get you to stop replicating it, to get you to stop feeding that fire. He gets you to turn it off. He gets you to look over here and look over there and take your eyes off of the throne. To the book of Acts Church, the Holy Spirit was the source of their power and inspired their evangelistic and missionary efforts. A denomination didn't do that. A teaching, a seminary didn't do that. The Holy Spirit did it. And he did it with people that probably wouldn't be invited to any church to speak today. That's why the porch is based on the book of Acts, church. It's based on the acts of the Holy Spirit, the presence and the power of the throne room. That's where the love comes from. That's where the inspiration comes from. That's where the devotion comes from. And the only reason the church isn't growing, the only reason we haven't taken full authority over this dark demonic world is because we've chosen not to. That's it. It's all about him. It's all about the Holy Spirit that he sent back, that emanates from the Father. You are right now, if you are spirit-filled, if you are born again, if you know that you know that you know the Spirit's inside of you, you are directly connected to the throne room. And if you would clear your mind and open your eyes, you'd be able to see into that throne room. Stop oohing and eyeing over these people that regale you with stories about, I spent seven days in heaven. Well, how would you know? There's no time in heaven. Stop. You can have that if you wanted it. We were all given the same gift. We were all given the same access. The only difference is some of us want it more than others. The Lord said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may what? Abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, the helper whom the Holy Spirit, the Father, will send in my name. He will teach you all things. He will bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you. You want to remember the Scriptures? You want to remember the message? You want to remember what you need to know in times of trouble? The Holy Spirit does that. When the Helper comes, well, i am send you from the Father. The Spirit of truth who proceeds emanates from the Father. He will testify of me. I'm quoting from John 14, John 15, now John 16, when he said it was to our advantage if he went away because he's going to send the Ruach back that's going to convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Well, why is there no conviction? Shoot, there's not even conviction in the church. You have people standing in pulpits that are liars, adulterers, tax sheets. No fear of a living God. None whatsoever. That's why he did everything he did. So that we would be different. D.L. Moody said that God commands us to be filled with the Spirit, and if we're not filled, it's because we're living beneath our privileges. I tell you what, I won't I won't do that. I won't accept that. Because without the presence of the Holy Spirit, there is no church. There's no restoration. There's no call or commissions. There's no guidance. There's no inspiration. There's no instruction. There's no teaching. Without the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit, there's no signs and wonders. There's nothing to glorify the Lord. There's nothing to convict people of their sins to want to be free. There's nothing that would warn us not to do certain things. Without the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit... Hardened hearts can't be softened, and we can't be energized and equipped. You see, that's why I say to you, there's no external manifestation. He's internal. This, when I I say to you what I just said, without the Holy Spirit, there's no church. All those things I mentioned, the abiding aspect then makes sense. The external, having to hope it falls down and shows up, does not. It doesn't match anything the Lord said. Is, Is that getting through? Are there light bulbs going off out there? Without the presence of the Holy Spirit, you don't want to read that word. You don't want to get that word inside of you. You don't want to understand it. You don't want to look for the, the spiritual bullets you need to fight off what's going on in your life right now. That's what the spirit does. You know what your human spirit does? It tells you to look everywhere else. Look to people. Look to rituals. Look to programs. Some of the greatest men and Women that walked this earth were everyday women, women, everyday men who had no theological degrees, they had no certifications, they had calluses on their hands and smelled of fish, and they turned the world upside down. Lord says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. See, when he became no longer of this world, but of the kingdom, we became no longer of this world, but of the kingdom. He's far above all principality and power. There's nothing that can stand up to him. Oh, they may act out, they may threaten, they may say all sorts of stupid things. But all you have to do is know the word, repeat the word back at him. Yeshua accomplished the greatest works possible, even raising the debt. But he said to us, you'll do greater works. But we did. We saw the disciples and the people afterwards take the gospel throughout the world. They changed generations of people. Without the Holy Spirit, you're going to be ashamed of the gospel. Without the boldness of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to tell anybody anything about Yeshua. Yeshua. You're not going to want to set the captives free. You're going to be okay with the way things are. The status quo will be good for you. Oh, I, I don't want to offend anybody. I, I don't want to step in anybody else. Tell everybody has their own belief system. Yeah, and it's going to take them straight into the lake of fly, fire if you don't open your mouth. Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Messiah, for it is the power of God to salvation. For everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Maybe you need to get up every day and read that to yourself. Maybe you need to remind yourself, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Messiah. You know, Peter's message at Pentecost brought in more followers in one fell swoop than Yeshua did in his entire earthly ministry. Greater works. spirit was there to empower them and we're living in very dark times right now very demonic times which drives me crazy because I know that we have his light inside of us he said i've come as a light into the world and whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness John 1246. But that light needs a fuel. It needs oil. That's the Holy Spirit. But we're supposed to be the beacons. We're supposed to be the lights in the darkness. We're supposed to be the ones that set the captives free. We have access to the throne room. We have access to his divine power and the knowledge through him. You know, when it first started happening, I didn't completely understand it. But I would suddenly remember scriptures, not chapter and verse. That's not what's important. What's important is what the verse says suddenly come to mind. And I would have the right word at the right time, the right scripture, the right declaration, the right uh, whatever I needed at that moment. It just started happening, and I began to understand that's the Holy Spirit. He's working in me and through me. Church, we got to wake up. The world's dying. It's heading towards a cataclysmic confrontation with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And at some point, he's going to snatch his church out of here and let them have their way like he did in the days of Noah. Just read Romans 1 and you'll see where we are. We need to wake up. We need to take the commission. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel, the good news, every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who not, does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In his name, in my name, he says, they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues. They will take up up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. And so what happens? He gets lifted up into heaven, sits down at the right hand of the Father. They sat down and built some buildings and designed some programs and printed some pamphlets. No! They took that fire, and they went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord went with them and signs and wonders followed the word. What an exciting time that must have been. To be sent out to save the lost and the dying. To give hope. To speak a word. You know, my brother Larry went to a memorial for Uh, The man who founded SEAL Team 6, his original commander, because Larry was a founding member of SEAL Team 6. And he only had six minutes to talk. And, of course, you know, you want to say a lot. You want to preach. You want to give scriptures. And the Spirit took over, and in six minutes he gave a message that had people weeping, people reaching out saying, I need to talk to you. I need you to pray for me. In six minutes he got it all done. Spirit said exactly what needed to be said because he made himself available in a situation where the spirit normally is not allowed in to have a word to say. There's no limitations in Messiah. There's no limitations in the spirit. He said in John 15:7, if you abide in me, permanent residence, my words will abide in you. Permanent resonance. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. But, of course, it must line up with the kingdom. It must line up with the calling. Because he chose you to bear fruit of the Spirit, not fruit of your own. I so desire to see that. Because he went to the Father and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. He gave us all of this to do everything we need to do, we became his temple so that he could put his spirit in us, to take permanent residence, so that everywhere you go, the spirit is available to someone. If you understood that and believed that, oh boy, you would fight to keep it clean. You would fight against anything that would defile it. Holy Spirit, help us. Help us to understand who we are in Yeshua. Help us to understand who you are in us. To walk the kingdom life, to walk in the Spirit with the love and the forgiveness and the peace and the power and all the things that Yeshua did in the book of Acts, church did. Oh, please help us. Help us to be bold, to trust you, to have faith, to be transformed. Right now, Lord, just point out any area of our life that's not transformed. Touch our mind. Transform us. Transform us physically. Transform us inside out. Open our eyes. Please. Please begin the work in us and through us so that we can lay hands on the sick and they would recover what a joy that is to, to feel that and to watch somebody feel it and suddenly realize what they felt had come from heaven and then they were changed Awaken your church, Holy Spirit. Awaken the church of the Lord. Awaken us in power. Awaken us in compassion and mercy. Awaken us to live the kingdom life. Help us to guard this and hold it precious. Help us to be like you, Lord. Please. I mean, that's my heart's cry for the provision, is so that I could go out and do everything you've said destroy the work of the enemy, set the captives free, and further the kingdom, and leave it all on the battlefield, leave it all out there. Nothing left, nothing held back. And when it's done, it's done. Hear our cries, Lord hear the cries of those that have been crying with me and praying with me hear their cries touch them fill them with fire i just ask all these things in your glorious name in yeshua's name amen may the lord bless you and keep you may the lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio. <music>